Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome back, Tom Hauser. From Five Eyewitness News, sitting in for Vanita Sawkar. Joining us now is John Rash, our media and pop culture contributor, also a part of the editorial board at the Star Tribune. And John, I understand tomorrow you're going to be writing about what is going on in Russia with the man who used to be the most considered the most formidable opponent to Vladimir Putin. Uh, sadly, uh, this gentleman went for a walk and did not come back. Uh, Navalny is uh, in the news, of course, this morning. What are you learning about what happened there in Russia? Well, the story is tragic in this specific incident, but going back much further. And I'm writing about Russia in general, not this incident yet in specific, but Alexei Navalny was the most formidable opposition figure to the Putin regime and the Russian revanchism that has roiled Europe and the world at this point. He was poisoned, allegedly, but very clearly it uh, is responsible um, at the behest of the Russian government and President Putin, and came back after he had recovered from exile in Germany and to take on Vladimir Putin on a very legal um, protest basis and eventually wanted to run for president. He was harassed and then arrested and put in extremely harsh conditions and then eventually moved to a near-Arctic gulag, um, shades of the Soviet era, Tom. And at a relatively young age, he has sadly passed away this morning. And, you know, the Russian authorities say he was taking a walk. You know, he had, of course, grown very, very sick over the poisoning, over his treatment, over being in an extraordinarily cold place. Um, and it got the better of him. So, uh, this is a big subject of the Munich Security Conference with all sorts of Western leaders talking about security in Europe this morning. Our delegation led by Vice President Kamala Harris, and we're going to hear a whole lot more about this in the days to come. And, you know, Vladimir Putin has been in the news recently. Tucker Carlson went and did an interview uh, with him, and it's like he's – trying to there's some image management uh, going on here that I think Tucker Carlson kind of uh, fell into what do you make of of what is going on here well during the Soviet era Stalin used to refer to people who would aid them unwittingly as useful idiots and that's been a term that has been thrown out by many in observing 
Tucker Carlson in his relatively soft interview. And those aren't just Western observers. President Putin himself told Russian state TV that he had expected a much tougher interview and indeed wanted it because he said he was prepared for it. But he said that Tucker Carlson took a different tactic. And basically anyone who's seen any portion of it, you know, you saw his histrionic historical uh, justification for the war and Tucker Carlson basically let that go unchallenged. And, you know, Tucker Carlson's also done some videos since then talking about the glories of the Moscow subway station and other aspects of, of that city. And, you know, he's already come under criticism from conservatives, his natural base, um, and probably even more so after this. If you really want some great journalism about Russia, I'm writing about this tomorrow, an Academy Award-nominated documentary, which can be seen for free on the PBS Frontline website. It's a great public affairs program, as you well know, Tom, that they that they do. And it's called 20 Days in Mariupol. And it's about the siege of the Ukrainian city at the beginning of the war. It's really tough stuff. Um, it's designed to be and indeed is difficult to view. The you know visuals are visceral, um, but it tells the story of Russia and what they really did. And it's uh, much credit to Associated Press uh, journalists who won the Pulitzer Prize for their work as well. Um, and they now may win an Academy Award for bearing witness to the atrocities that Russia um, imposed on Mariupol and certainly scores more cities throughout their nearly two-year war, which, as you know, next year marks uh, the two-year anniversary of the full-scale invasion of Ukraine. And you'll be writing about that in the Star Tribune this weekend. We will look for that. Uh, let's uh, shift to less weighty matters when it comes to the media. The Super Bowl, an all-time high viewership across all of the many platforms now. What was the figure I read? Two hundred and ten million. Is that is that what I read? It's uh, a remarkable. At one point or another, yes. Yeah, no, at one point or another, people watched a portion of it, which is an extraordinary number. The average audience was 123 million approximately, which itself is an all-time record, not just for Super Bowls, but for any televised event in American history. And in an increasingly fractured, fragmented America, Tom, it's just amazing. You can get two-thirds of the country to agree to one thing and to do it at the same time in the shared media experience that they had. And, you know, there are all sorts of components to this. The football, of course, um, the Kansas City Chiefs, who have caught the nation's and to some degree the world's attention, partly because of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and um, the commercials. And just I think sometimes people really want to do something that everyone else is doing. It's the way that uh, American culture and, you know, other societies used to work more. It's very rare at this point, and occasionally people like jump back into it. So the NFL uh, is the world's most successful sports league for a reason, and they just again proved it Super Bowl Sunday last week. Yeah, and of course, like you say, a lot of people decided to join in and watch the game. But as usual in this country, maybe some watching for different reasons, some watching for the football, some watching for Taylor Swift. So we can never yeah, get everybody absolutely. on the same page about why they're watching, but at least we got everybody doing the same thing just so we could have, you know, some bit of unity, right? Yes, absolutely. And some people just like to go to Super Bowl parties, and that's great, too. Well, so, absolutely. Um, hopefully people had a lot of fun. And yeah. then last thing, talk. let's talk a little bit about Caitlin Clark and what she is single-handedly doing uh, to women's sports in terms of putting people into the seats in arenas, but also television ratings for women's college basketball. 
You're quite right, Tom. And, uh, you know, her on-court accomplishments are extraordinary by any measure of any sport. And her um, sports business accomplishments, both for her personally and more profoundly for women's college basketball, but women's sports, um, which is really a big growth area of sports. And, you know, we were just talking about the Super Bowl. Part of the reason that the audience is so big is that women make up an increasing percentage of Super Bowl viewership, which is distinctly different than when the Super Bowl started, you know, 50 some odd years ago. And, you know, we'll have the Olympics coming up here in the summer. And actually the Olympics is the one sporting event and it's generally very well rated that has a majority female viewership. So that's created new opportunities for um, advertisers, new opportunities for TV networks, and most profoundly new opportunities for girls and young women in athletics, which I think we all agree is a great thing. And Caitlin Clark will be here playing at the U of M on February 28th. That game already sold out. John Rash, thank you again. We'll be looking for your column in the Star Tribune this weekend. You have a great weekend. You too. Thanks, Tom. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 